but God. You know, uh, years ago, I don't know how much darkness you came out of. But I was a criminal, a drug addict drunk, locked up 20 times, full of hate, drug dealer. Seen a lot of people die in that world. And my only hope was my guitar. I'm going to make a break into fame and fortune. I was putting together a rock and roll band. Snorting cocaine. Eating Valiums. (laughs) Writing songs. We were going to go around the bar scene. We had guys that played in the bar that come out to our farm and listen to us and said, man, you guys, you guys are good. You ought to be playing the big bars in Lexington. I said, we ain't playing no bars. We're going around the bars. We're going straight to the top. I put everything on that. Every morning I would go in get on my knees in front of my Les Paul guitar, my Fender Stratocaster guitar, my Ovation Collector Series guitar, my Fender Acoustic and I'd wipe them down from all sweat and everything from the night before talking to them and I'd say this you're going to take me where I want to go It was my only light that I had. And I remember the obstacle that was in my way was my contracted wife that we got married for convenience. I had to get rid of her to make this break. And she's watching this crazy man on television with a program called Success in Life. She kept it hid from me because I'd have gone off on her. And she made a $1,000 vow and paid it. Three days later, good God Almighty, you talk about coming out of darkness into his marvelous light. But God, who is rich in mercy, and I got saved that day then uh, was instantly in love with my wife supernatural yeah 
And then she turned me on to this man called Robert Tilton. I was glued to the television 10 o'clock, Monday through Friday. That was our school. One day I was walking through the house and the Lord spoke to me and said, because I told him, I said, I want to do what he does. He said, you want to do what he does? I said, yep, then you're going to have to do what he did. I was walking through the house. I can remember exactly where I was, right in front of our little one bathroom there in that little country house. And the word of the Lord, the same word of the Lord that I hear practically every day of my life came to me and said, talking about Robert Tilden, he's your Elijah. You're his Elisha. One day you're going to talk with him and preach with him. Here I am, this little country boy in Kentucky that there's just no way the biggest ministry in the world he don't even know I exist but yet here it is my dad in the faith come here sir come here sir come on come on come on Speak a blessing, Christmas blessing over them or whatever. That's quite an introduction. Ah, it's the truth. Did that get recorded? <laughs> well, <clears throat> Bree and I were coming over here a few minutes ago and coming up to the intersection, and there was a, a man, kind of homeless looking, and had a sign for money and food. Said God will bless you. So <laughs> I rolled down the window and I said to him, because he he says, wait, he said, you just so intensely looked at me. I said, Do you have change for a hundred? <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> it just came out just like that. <laughs> and then he had more of a crazy look on his face. But wait, that's not the end of the story. And so uh I, pull, I, give, I hand him a 20, and he gets all excited. And uh, I said, you know, the Lord loves you so much. He says, he says, I was a gangbanger. I had to spill blood to get in the game. He looked like he had been a gangbanger. He says, but the blood of Jesus got me out of the gang. I'm a born-again believer serving the Lord. Give the Lord a shout. Well, that was just a few minutes ago. Then I'm at the car wash this morning because Maria likes her car perfect. My car needs a lot of help. But she, her car, she wanted me to get her car washed before we drove over here in front of all you folks, you know. She said, we got to go there with a clean car. And uh, so I'm at the car wash, and here's this couple standing next to me. And they're getting their car washed, and they're, you know, I think they might be, they might be older than me. And uh, he was 82, and I, I didn't ask her age. And, and uh, they said, uh, I said, well, I'm getting my car washed because we're going to St. Petersburg 
well, what are you going to St. Petersburg for? I says, we're going to go to church and praise the Lord Jesus. And they had that funny look on their face, like, you know, that's not part of their vocabulary, you know. And uh, so I talk a little bit more to them, and, and I'm about to get in my car, and uh, <clears throat> out of my mouth, just like this guy, yeah, change for 100. Yeah. And uh, now Philip would have pulled out a hundred and just said, I'm sorry you don't have change. Here's the hundred. <laughs> right. And so the man said, uh, all of a sudden out of my mouth, I looked at the woman and she wasn't happy with me. She was very uh, fidgety, me standing there, you know, talking to him, especially when you start talking about Jesus. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Because this brother and sister is proof. And I'd say that on TV all the time. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. For it's the power of God unto salvation. So all of a sudden out of my mouth, I looked at this woman and I said, Do you know how to go to heaven? Oh, you would have thought she was going to pass out. She says, well, uh, uh, I'm a good person. I said, yes, it's important to be a good person, but being a good person is not going to get you into heaven because in God's eyes, there are no one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then I had this thought. But receiving Jesus Christ will make you a good person so you can go to heaven with his goodness in you. And then, then she gave me a funny look. After I said, do you know how to go to heaven? I, she said, no. I says, well, do you know how to go to hell? Okay. You never know what's going to come out of my mouth. And I said, accepting Jesus Christ... He died for you at Calvary so that we could be born again and he bore our sicknesses and sins and sorrows, all the penalties of, of the curse so that we could be made right with God so we could be good enough to go into his holy presence. And then I gave one of my tracks. Mm, mm, beautiful. The plan of salvation. Beautiful. And said, when you have nothing to do, read this and receive Jesus Christ into your life. Give the Lord a praise the Lord. Hallelujah. One more, one more. Jonathan's up here waxing eloquent. As I told his brother, I said, that Jonathan's going to get his sermon in this Sunday morning no matter what. And if Jonathan just keeps talking like that, he's going to end up right in the middle of Philip's sermon, I can tell you that. But Jonathan, you said that God raised us up with Jesus Christ and made us able to sit in his presence. And when you said that word, able, God made us able to be able to sit in his presence with God. He made us able. I like that word, just stuck. He made us, gave us his ability. Working in us made us able to sit with him in those heavenly places. Thank you, Jonathan. Wow.
Come on, give Pastor Bob a big hand. Hallelujah. There's a lot of five-star generals like Pastor Bob. They ain't going to talk to the person on the side of the road at the car wash. They're too big for that. I admire that, sir. I admire that. Big time. Come on, give it one more time. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Years ago, we were in a Holy Ghost meeting in Pensacola, and we ran into this couple and uh, hit it hit it off with them, and and uh, we uh, partied in the Holy Ghost with them for several meetings through the years, and then I went, we went our way, and they went theirs, and uh, just. A short time ago, we reconnected, and uh, they uh, came here this morning uh, to uh, participate in what God is doing, and uh, uh, they are just on-fire believers that believe in the supernatural, amen, and uh, their names are uh, Thaddeus and Ruth Williams. And uh, are y'all in a hurry this morning? How about we turn Ruth loose to sing for us? Come on, Ruth. This mic. Have at it, girl. Thank you, sir. I'm going to hold on to this right here.
on and give God praise. Come on and give God praise. He's worthy to be praised. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you. Can I say this? Can I say this, Pastor Durbin? Spirit of truth, we welcome you. Come here. Let me have a couple of ushers. The word of the Lord came to me this morning when I was praying over you too. You've not rode into the sunset, but you've written into the day dawn this is a whole new era for you a whole new beginning for you and the Lord told me to tell you the struggle is over and there's a fresh anointing where it's been despised in the past and not realized and not acknowledged in the past where people looked at you and they didn't understand, so they attacked. No, no, doors are going to open up. Connections are going to open up. You're going to be appreciated. Power on you in Jesus' name. 
what people don't understand they attack many didn't understand Pastor Bob so what do they do they attack him many don't understand Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Kimberly so what do they do they attack him and I can assure you there's many that don't understand me and Mama Alberta what do they do they attack be careful just because you don't understand something especially when the Holy Ghost gets moving and somebody's moving out in a way that you haven't been raised in a tradition be careful that you don't pick up stones because who you're about to attack could be the very one that God sent to you to get you out of what's attacking your life tell you something that right there those of you who want to be singers musicians put money right there on that chair right there partake of that anointing right there right there now worship leaders singers musicians you want to partake of that grace right there I'm telling you, this is how it works. 2023 is the year of the mantle. There's going to be releases. Get up and move. We ain't going no further until we get past this. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Give electronically, sure you can, and, and they'll forward it to to them. Is that how it would work? Huh? Guest and Williams. Pastor Jonathan said if you want to do it electronically, keep that music going. Something going on in here. We don't need to, we don't need the cork to pop though, not yet. Not like Friday night. See, see. <laughs> oh, Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. Holy Ghost, we rely on you now. As we open up your word, as we open up your word and uh, we saturate ourselves in your anointing, 
I thank you, Lord God, that you speak into the hearts and minds and destinies, gifts and callings of these, your people, in a way that catapults them out of where they are into what you have for them. Let your spirit flood this place with such a heaviness of your goodness that every life is dramatically changed. We thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name. So be it. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, guys. You are wonderful. But the, but the cork's about to blow if y'all keep playing. I can't. I got, I got an assignment. Thank you all. Open your Bibles. Where to? Just anywhere. It's all good. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, thank you, uh, Dr. Ruth, for that uh, beautiful song. If you can't preach after that, you ain't called. Well, even if you wasn't called, you could probably preach after that. You know? We're going to do some review from Thursday night. Review is preview. Romans chapter 9, or 10 rather. Romans 10 and verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee. Remember, we're nighers. We're nighers. We're nighing. You draw nigh to God, God will draw nigh to you. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which Pastor Bob, Pastor Jonathan, and myself preach. That if you shall homo, logos, homologio, say what God says. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, plus, I do this in my Bible. Anywhere I see an and, I put a plus. Two and two equal four. Two plus. Because a lot, of, a lot can be left out with and. But, you know, if you're making a cake and, and you leave out the sugar, it can look like a cake. It can cut like a cake. The presentation can be like a cake. But there ain't no seconds on that cake. Because you didn't plus something. 
you know what a plus size is, right? Okay. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus plus shall believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be sozoed. You shall be saved. Now, we use this verse to lead people to Jesus, and that's wonderful. But uh, that is talking about the word of faith which we preach. In other words, there's a preached people that are listening to the word of faith, and you don't preach really the word of faith to heathen. You preach them to you preach that message to believers to so that they know how to live by faith. And so it says here, for with 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 the uh, mouth a confession is made, but with the heart, right? You shall believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. Now here's where we make a big mistake. Let's bring this out Thursday night is we teach, you know, Jesus died on the cross and was raised three days later, and that's true. And, and uh, But the resurrection life power of that has been lost in the church. It's more, it's more like that's, that's the magical words that open up the door instead of the reality that you must believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, you'll have the sozo life. Sozo includes being born again, but there's way more. Like uh, Pastor Jonathan trying to preach my message this morning. <laughs> that sozo life includes being born again, right? So we've been looking at how uh, important this resurrection is when it comes to our faith. The Old Testament saints didn't have this. Now follow this. Abraham, in all that he did, was never born again. He was never the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He was the righteousness of God by using his faith, seeing it coming. We are the righteousness of God. And the reason we are the righteousness of God is because Jesus rose from the dead. He was crucified for our offenses, but he was raised again for our justification. So our faith, even though we got Hebrews 11 and all the faith uh, hall of fame there, our faith, the Bible says that God having something better for us, their faith was based on bulls and goats. Our faith is based on the blood of Jesus' covenant. See, so it's one thing to teach about these mighty acts that the Old Testament saints did, and rightly so. But we ought to be setting the highest standard uh, in 
this planet. And I believe God wants to do more than just Jericho walls. I think he wants to do more than just the Red Sea. I think he wants to do more than just a fiery furnace. And he's looking for somebody that will understand that they're new creations in Christ Jesus, that they're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and that their faith is unstoppable. Backed by the resurrection life power of Jesus. See? So, over here in the book of Acts 13, Acts 13, there's an expectation in the house. I mean, there is just a high expectation level in this house. I like it like that. Acts 13, and look at verse 29. And when they had fulfilled all things that were written of Jesus, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulcher. But God, but God raised him from the dead. Now, we're going to continue this morning or this afternoon on but God because God wants to butt in on our lives big time. And when God butts in, it eliminates everything that had happened. I told you uh, Thursday night that Ephesians chapter 2 he has quickened us who are dead in trespasses and sin, right? We walked according to the course of this world. But God, who is rich in mercy, eliminated those verses prior to it. So when but God shows up in the Bible, he just took care of something that was just previously being talked about. You following this? Okay. 1 Corinthians 15. We're almost done with the preview. And we'll get into this thing. 1 Corinthians 15. This is just powerful right here. It says here in verse 12, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some preachers among you that there's no hope for that sickness? Once poor, always poor. God dealt you that hand. How say some among you, notice it says among you, that there's no resurrection of the dead. God made you that way. You're just going to live with it. Folks, when you, when you take out the resurrection life power of God, you just took out the miraculous. I was sharing uh, with the preachers after uh, the service the other night 
in in uh, the great hospitality room that hallelujah I gotta cast that down right now and and then no breakfast you know what I'm saying when Jesus rose from the dead the stone was rolled away remember that and Mary went to the tomb and didn't know what happened to Jesus. Where's his, where, where are they taking him? And uh, there was a man there, risen from the dead, but she didn't know it. And the Bible says she, supposing him to be the gardener, Now, you remember the, the, the first Adam, where he messed up was in the garden. And the last Adam, Jesus, came to restore the garden. So when Jesus rose from the dead, more than a stone got rolled away. All the flowers blossomed, all the bushes blossomed, all the trees blossomed in that vicinity because it was impacted by resurrection life power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, if Jesus being raised from the dead can make flowers grow where there was no flowers. I believe he can make your life blossom. Come on. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. So when we're looking at but God, when we're looking at God butting in, we're talking about resurrection life power coming into a situation like Alberta and, and my life. Uh, we'd already started the divorce paperwork. Already been to the lawyer. But God. Right? Think about it. You don't even know the times when you were a heathen. I OD'd three times. Three times, but God. The last time I was on the island of Kwajalein, took a whole bunch of pills, had nothing to live for. And I'm on my rack. I locked the door, wouldn't let anybody in. And no, I did lock the door. There wasn't no thought to it. And there are, the, the pills took effect, and my breathing got shallow. And all of a sudden, I had to think to breathe. I had to think to breathe. Breathe out. And my body would stop. Breathe in. My body would stop. I had to tell myself that. And all of a sudden, these voices came. You have nothing. See?
These voices came. You have nothing to live for. You've made a mess of your life. And this gross darkness was coming on my soul. And from way down inside that little boy that ran down that country church and gave his life to Jesus, from way down in here, I don't want to die. And all of a sudden, it looked like a needle point coming through that darkness. Bright, 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 but a needle point. And the closer it got to me, the brighter it got. And all of a sudden, a flash in Alberta's face is right here. She came over to my dorm. The door was wide open. But God... You listening to this preacher this morning, but God. See, you'd think that'd be enough to get somebody saved right there. Right? But how many times in that car wreck? Come on now. But God. Well, how about some but God's on purpose? How many of you could use God buttoned in on your life here? Come on. Think, think, think where you would be without God buttoning in. Right? Oh, how say them among you? that there is no resurrection of the dead, verse 13. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then Jesus Christ never rose from the dead. And if Christ be not risen, then forget all this Sunday morning preaching. Let's go get a bucket of chicken. I said a bucket of chicken. This tonight, see? No, 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 no. No Jack Daniels and that. <laughs> and if Christ be not risen, then our preaching's vain, and you're what? He's talking to the New Testament saints. And listen, wonderful that we have the Old Testament saints to as examples, right? But they don't, they don't have what we have. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on. What would they have done if they had the resurrection, life, power, the born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, empowerment, enlightenment that you and I have? Anybody seen this? So when you're looking back at the Old Testament and, you, and you're shrinking down like, well, man, they were great people of faith. Wonderful. They were. But we got, we, we, we're, we're, we're carrying the baton over the finish line. God's greatest show on earth has yet to be revealed. And he's looking for miracle workers. He's looking for dreamers. He's looking for doers, people that will step out. 
understanding that resurrection life power is backing them up in everything they do. Woo! Now watch this. Verse 15. Yes, and if we are found false witnesses of God, everything Pastor Bob and Pastor Jonathan and myself are preaching, we're just false witnesses. If this faith stuff, because we have testified to God that he raised up Christ. Notice what he's basing the whole faith message on. That Jesus was raised from the dead. Old Testament saints didn't have that. You following this? Yeah, and we are found false witnesses of God because we've testified to God that he raised up Christ whom obviously he must not have if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then Christ wasn't raised. And if Christ wasn't raised, and if Christ wasn't raised, you're what? Okay, so if you take out of the of the uh, of the sequ- of the what's the word I'm looking for? The equation. Bailed me out there, boy. I tell you, when you take out of the equation resurrection life power. Come on now. When you take out of the my hundred dollar equation, right? What's that do to your faith? It leaves your faith, watch this, it leaves your faith just on believing what God said and action on it. And it puts more responsibility on you than on the God that said it. Now, we have a responsibility to speak it, to believe it, to act on it. But it's all backed up that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if Christ, Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, our faith is vain. And we ain't even saved. We're still in our sin. We all going to split hell wide open. So God gives a proof within the individual that accepts him that he's alive. And that proof is your divine nature that once had the nature of Satan has now been changed. And now things that you used to do that you thought was cool, you're being convicted of. We don't do that anymore. And you're in this conviction process of spiritual growth. Conviction not to do that 
conviction to do that by the spirit of the living God. See? Jesus is walking along one day and he says to his disciples, who do, who do people say that I am? Well, they say you're Jeremiah, Elijah, or one of the prophets, and on and on. And then he stopped and said, but yeah, but who do you say I am? How do you see me? You heard what all they, they, they say. How, how do you see it? And Simon, he piped up and said, uh, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus turned around and told him, Thou art Peter. Changed his name. Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which art in heaven. You're Peter now. See, when you, when you rightly see who Jesus is, then that allows Jesus to reveal to you who you rightly are. You, you, you ain't a Simon anymore. You're a Peter. You ain't a drunk anymore. You're a king. You're not an addict anymore. You're a priest. You're not a failure anymore. You're a success. But what made the difference? What was, what was, what was Simon's great revelation? Because uh, he was already told Come, we found the Son of God. He was already told that by others. See? Others have said, we found the Christ. So that wasn't it. It wasn't that Simon had a revelation that he was the Christ. It wasn't a revelation that Simon had, or that Simon had revelation that he was the son of God. The difference was, he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Upon this revelation, I will build my church. Upon this revelation... That it's in him that we live and move and have our being. Come on, somebody. Well, that's your review. Yeah, it's good. Now, let's go looking at uh, Genesis at uh, how God butts in. Got a couple minutes today? In Genesis 20, let me know when you're there by saying hallelujah. 
Abraham has been called out. Remember that? Into a land that he didn't know nothing about. So he's just kind of feeling out the lay of the land. And in verse 1, And Abraham journeyed from there toward the south country and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah his wife, She is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. Now, I want you to see something here. When Abimelech took Sarah, he just messed with God's master plan. Way more than Abraham's wife. God's got time invested in this. Just like God's got time invested in you. Anybody following this? And so when Abimelech took Sarah, it's way more than taking Abraham's wife. He's taking the very womb in which God had a plan for. <laughs> Just like that womb that's inside of you. I'm talking about your destiny womb. God's master plan womb that he has for you. And when the world tries to take it away, they're messing with more than just you. That's why you didn't die. That's why you had to leave that certain place and get to this certain place. There's something greater than just you living a good and happy life. That's an automatic when you're in God's master plan. His destiny for your life. You following this? So when he took Sarah, God said, God said, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're not messing with Abraham now. Whew, somebody follow this. You ain't messing with Abraham. You messing with me. I got too much time in Abraham's obedience for his one mistake. to stop my master plan through his life. Somebody shout early. (laughs) 
Now, if Abraham hadn't obeyed God, and he just, him and Sarah out bebopping one day, and Abimelech took her, she's gone. But when you answer the call of God on your life, God is going to share with his but God power. I feel the Holy Ghost in him. God's master plan for your life and my life, he's about to butt in on some things that have been taken away that are necessary for your destiny fulfillment. Oh, you better get ready, get ready, get ready. Somebody shout about that. No, 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 Abimelech. There's all kinds of wounds you could have you could have had. But 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 <laughs> there's all kinds of wounds you could have had, but not what God has ch- but not what God has chosen to fulfill. You've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit. That whatsoever you ask the Father in the resurrected Lord Jesus' name, he may give it to you. Why? Master plan fulfillment. Mm-mm-mm. Well, that's good right there. I'll pull these pants up. Hallelujah. And Abraham said of Sarah's wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God. Here we go. Not but Abraham. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, you are but a dead man. For the man with that womb 
the womb man which thou hast taken. She's a man's wife. Bamlech had not come near her. <laughs> yeah. And he said, Lord, will you slay also righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she's my sister. And she even, she herself said, he's my brother in the integrity of my heart. And in the innocency of my hands have I done this and God said unto him in a dream yea I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart for I also withheld thee from sinning against me not against Abraham let that sink in therefore I butted in Therefore, I butted in. I suffered thee not to touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet. And he shall pray for thee, and you shall live. And if you restore her not, know thou that you shall surely die. You... And all that are thine. See how serious God takes his master plan? Therefore, Abimelech rose early in the morning. I guarantee you that dream that he spoke to Abimelech, he never went back to sleep. Are you all done cutting up out there? Y'all preaching back and forth and everything? I'm just sitting here listening. I'm, I'm getting revelation from y'all. Somebody get happy. Therefore, Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told all these things in their ears. And the men were so afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, What have you done unto us? And what have I offended thee that thou brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? Thou hast done deeds unto me that ought 
that ought not to be done. Abimelech said unto Abraham, What sawest thou that you had done this thing? And Abraham said, Because I thought. Big problem right there. When you start thinking about ye only instead of God's master plan, you just eliminated God. Right? I thought, surely the fear of God's not in this place. They will slay me for my wife's sake. And yet, kind of, indeed, a little bit, she is my sister in a roundabout way. She's the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. And it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said unto her, this is my kindness which you shall show unto me at every place where we come. Say of me, he's my brother. So he's got his little plan all worked out. And Abimelech took sheep and oxen and men servants and women servants and gave them unto Abraham and restored him Sarah his wife. Not only are you going to get back, I said not only are you going to get back what the enemy took from God's master plan, but God going to add a little bit with it. Don't mess with God's people. Folks, this is more than just shouting ground in church on Sunday. This is the reality that we're stepping into this but God era. I was telling the ministers the other night, we're running out of time. You and I are in chrono time, 1249. Keep some of you from having to turn around. Oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> We're in Kronos time. Fast approaching Kairos. Kronos, we can pretty much set a schedule. We're going to have this meeting here. We're going to go do that there. But Kairos, it's already set. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son made of a woman. Kairos, nothing could stop that time. And we're approaching Kronos, Kronos, this is Kronos, this is Kairos. This is God's event. These are, are what we think we're supposed to be doing. Are you following this? Yes. And so as Kronos approaches Kairos, Kairos don't move. 
It's eternal. Kronos does. So as Kronos approaches Kairos, things get accelerated. God starts expediting prophecy, doing a short work on the earth. Why? Because we're about to hit this event time, and God has to get his people fully equipped, fully trained, so they ain't being goofy. God don't need goofy when we hit Kairos. He's already had that. See, y'all following this? This is good, isn't it? That's the right answer. And Abimelech took sheep and oxen, men servants, women servants, gave them unto Abraham, restored him, Sarah, his wife, that destiny package. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before thee. Dwell where it pleases. I'm telling you, there's some properties that are going to be so affected. People are going to be so affected by the resurrection life power of God that you're going to say, hey, take it. Use it for the kingdom. I'm telling you. And unto Sarah he said, behold, I've given thy brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, he is to thee a covering of thy eyes and all that are with thee. And with all other, thus she was reproved. So Abraham, now he's back in where he needs to be as a prophet. So Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bear children. It had been a whole lot easier just to march into where Abimelech was in God's master plan, and he say, hey, I want to take Sarah as my wife. No, uh, she's my wife. What seems to be the problem here? Well, we're not able to bear children. I can have, I can take care of that. Instead of going through all that. See? Can I take you one more place? Because I got a little hungry a while ago. Just, just being honest. When you're under the anointing, you can't lie, you know. Don't look at me like that. Some of y'all hungry too. That's why you're doing that. Uh, Judges 15. Talking about but God.
You know, the word says, I have planted Apollos watered, but God. He butts in on that. Mm-hmm. Judges 15, and it says here, In verse, oh my, nine. Then the Philistines went up and pitched in Judah and spread themselves in Lehi. And the men of Judah said, why are you come up against us? And they answered, to bind Samson. That's why we come up, to do to him as he'd done to us. Then 3,000 men of Judah, 3,000 men of Judah went to the top of the rock, Edom, and said to Samson, now, does it take 3,000 people to say this? <laughs> it does if you're facing God's master plan, man. <laughs> they said to Samson, knowest thou not that the Philistines are rulers over us? What is this that thou hast done unto us? And he said unto them, As they did unto me, so have I done unto them. So there. And they said unto him, We are come down to bind thee, that we may deliver thee into the hand of the Philistines. And Samson said unto them, Swear unto me that you'll not fall upon me yourselves. In other words, you won't kill me. And they spake unto him, saying, No. But we will bind thee fast and deliver thee into their hand. But surely we will not kill thee. And they bound him with two new cords and brought him up from the rock. So Simon's all, oh Simon, Samson's all tied up. They think. Just like the enemy thinks he gets you all tied up. Tied up in court. Tied up financially. Tied up physically. Tied up in that family situation. But God. And when he came to Lehi, verse 14, the Philistines shouted against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and the cords that were upon his arms became as flax that was burnt with fire and his bands loose from off his hands. And he found a new jawbone of an ass. Yeah. He found a new jawbone of an ass. An ass, we, we, in our English vernacular, we would say donkey which represents the Democratic Party. Did I say something wrong? Did I get my symbols messed up? 
Well, I don't believe the Bible got it messed up neither. He found a new jawbone of an ass. So that wouldn't be Schumer or Pelosi. This is a new jawbone. A new jawbone of an ass. You better get ready for what's going to, resurrection life power going to hit that party. Oh, yeah, okay, y'all looking at me funny. He put, for, he put forth his hand and took it and slew a thousand men therewith, a jawbone of an ass. So this jaw, of this ass. Now what's the jaw? That where you uh, talk? This jawbone of this ass slain a thousand. Look out, Twitter gate. I uh, see, see some of you, some of you, some of you, some of you smiling, but inside you're like, <laughs> why are you wanting to defend all that mess yet? He found a new mouthpiece of an ass and slew a thousand men there with him. Samson said. With this jawbone of ass, heaps upon heaps, with the jaw of an ass, have I slain a thousand men. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and called that place Ramoth Lehad. Now watch this closely. We're closing. And he was sore athirst and called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant, and now shall I die for thirst and fall into the hand of the uncircumcised? Verse 19, what? What? But God, in the very battle weapon that he had, God clave a hollow place that was in the jaw and there came water thereout and when he had drunk, his spirit came again and he revived. Now listen, you better listen. There's a lot of us that we got our victory. But boy, we were wore out from the battle. We got the victory, but it was a hell of a fight. Come on. I've been in through some uh, fighting a good fight of faith. 
And boy, I tell you what, we got the victory, but it didn't look like it. I was a little runt growing up, five foot two, 120 pounds, graduated from high school. And there was this bully. He was two and a half, three times the size, size of me. And he kept picking on me, smacking me on the back of the head on the school bus. And I was scared of him. But then he, then he did it in front of my girlfriend. That did it. I told him, I said, you meet me after school. That was about second or third period. And so the rest of the day, all my buddies were coming up and saying, he's going to kill you, man. Get on a different bus going home. Run. No, so I got on the I got on that bus and there he was. He cussing me all the way all the way from uh, school, and uh, where our bus stop was, right across the street was the service station that I worked at, and uh, around the corner, a couple blocks, was his empty lot. I told him I said, "You go in, in that empty lot. I'll be right there." I went over to talk to my boss, and I was hoping he'd get me out of it. <laughs> he was a heathen, and I was hoping I was hoping he'd get me out of it. And, 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 and of course, you know, in a small town like that, he already he already knew that that was coming from the other kids that already got off the bus prior to me getting off. And I said, "What should I do?" He said, "Philip, sometimes you gotta fight." Now that ain't that ain't that ain't that ain't, that, that, that that's that's not good advice. So I walked around there, and you know how kids are. There's all kinds of kids in a big circle. With this big bully right in the middle, cussing me. And so, uh, you know, here comes Philip. Here comes Philip, you know. Let Philip in there. So I got in that big circle, and I thought to myself, you know what? We can talk this out. And I, and I said to him, I said to him, I called him by his name. I said, man, we can, and he hit me right, black both eyes, bloodied my nose and my, and my mouth, and something came on me. Resurrection life power. That was the only time he hit me. And by the time the police got there, I was pounding his head. And when the police saw what was going on, they let it happen. And he went running home. The next day, he didn't look like he'd been whooped. All my buddies slapping me on the back. 
Man, I'll tell you what, we knew you had an idiot, and I'm all black eyes full of. True story. There's a lot of us through the past couple of years have been having to stand and bulldoze our way through this whole goofiness that's been going on in our nation. And we've had to fight. And we've had to stand. And uh, maintain our victory. But God, Samson said, I got the victory. But now I, I feel like it's all over, even though I won. And God said, but God had something of a reviving, of a reviving for his man. And he's got a reviving in this house this morning. For all those that feel like you're battle-worn, even though you, you held on, even though you got the victory, even though you made it through, even though you didn't let go, even though you stood when there was looking like nothing was happening at all, you got the victory. The victory's already in your, in your camp. It's just you're like this right now, and you need a reviving. Is anybody catching that? So let me have some music up here. Did you catch that? God wants to revive you. God wants to revitalize you, strengthen you. If there's one thing we need in the hour we're living in is strength. The hand of God coming upon you. Elijah to Ahab, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. And the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. And he outran Ahab's chariot. Ahab had the finest technology of the day the fastest in the land. But when the hand of God comes on you, there's nothing like it. The strength from that resurrected life hand. And I don't know who you are this morning, but you're just battle-worn. You're just, the frustration, the aggravation, the, 
the opposition that you walked through and you made it. But see, if you don't get revived, you will fear the next opposing attack of the enemy instead of saying, no, 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 no. So if that's you this morning, just come on down here. I'm talking about supernatural strength those of you that come down here just tell the Lord just say Lord revive me revive me that my spirit be refreshed in Jesus name Lift your hands to heaven now. Be revived in the name of Jesus. Be revived in Jesus' mighty name. Be revived in Jesus' name. Be revived in the name of Jesus. Be revived in Jesus' mighty name. Be revived in the name of Jesus. Be revived in Jesus' name. Be revived in the name of Jesus. Be revived in Jesus' name. Be revived in the name of Jesus. Be revived in Jesus' name.
purified in the name of Jesus. confident of this very thing that he which begun a good work in you will complete it he will perfect that which concerns you and your destiny God's master plan he's working through you will not return void but it will accomplish that thing whereunto he sent it and prospered where he sent it to. God's not finished with you. He's been equipping you and training you for such a time as this. Frustration, aggravation, intimidation can't stay on you. We have work to do, and it's a fun work. We have success that God has planned for each and every one of us. And I want to just leave you with this. Don't ever forget, but God. But God. Somebody needs to make a t-shirt up. But God. Make a hat. But God. Somebody start talking about how impossible it is, how they've never heard of anyone ever doing anything like that before, or... How would that ever happen? All you have to say, but God, but God. Merry Christmas to you and a happy new mantle year in Christ Jesus. God bless you. Come on, keep giving God praise in this place. Hallelujah. The Bible says times of refreshing come from the presence.